I Heard the Bells, words by Henry W. Longfellow, music by John B. Calkin. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. I heard the bells on Christmas Day, their old familiar carols play, and wild and sweet the words repeat of peace on earth, good Well, you're listening to Quad Dot Rocks, God, the World, and Other Things. I'm Kenny Price, your host. Our mission, you've got it, advancing equilibrium in the midst of an agitated world. Hey, I'm recording this the day before this releases on Wednesday, November 16th, 2022. And my Christmas clock tells me it's only 38 days, 9 hours, 42 minutes, and 56, 55, 54 seconds until Christmas. Dear friend, if you haven't gotten your Christmas presents yet, I encourage you to go out now and do your Christmas shopping. I tell you, with the crazy topsy-turvy world we're living in, if you want to make sure that your gift is available, you better go uh, seek it now. So anyway, hey, I'm so excited. I love that recording of I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day, and I hope it encourages you. Uh, it's a time to be happy. It's a time to be joyous. And uh, this is season 13, episode 259, title Hodgepodge number three. Once in a while, I have episodes that are just kind of an amalgamation of things that are on my mind, and I call it Hodgepodge. And this is Hodgepodge number three, subtitle Listening Roadmap into January. Believe it or not, I'm actually getting organized. I told you in a previous podcast, I've been doing the tighten up in every way, and I'm so excited. I've done the tighten up here in my office, and a new printer that I have made by Epson. It's a large printer that I've needed for some time. One of the dear people who support this podcast donated the money and I purchased it. It's now sitting on my desk. I cleaned off my desk. I've got a, my desk is actually a, a, a kitchen table from the fifties, a dinette, a chrome dinette set with a, a green funky, uh, from Micah top. And uh, I love it, and I actually use it as my desk, and I have for some time in my home office. But I cleared a lot of stuff off. I took the printer that was here, put it in storage because it's not shot yet, but it's just very underperforming and very slow, very difficult to deal with. Makes good prints, but it's very sluggish, and I need something that has more power and speed to it. But also, something I'm excited about is on the other side of my monitor to the right is a Keurig Pod Brewer, the Curried, Curried Pod, if you're familiar with the Pod Brewers. And uh, what's so cool is my wife is the queen of free on Facebook Marketplace and things like that. And someone here in our area put a Keurig uh, coffee maker online for free and uh, nothing wrong with it. It had been in storage, but uh, it's cool that someone decided they didn't want it because a little part of the plastic got melted somehow, maybe too close to the stove. There's nothing wrong with it, and cosmetically, you can't even tell unless you look at it that uh, a part of the plastic got melted, but the machine works great. Probably a $120 coffee maker, but I have it right next to my monitor so I can drink coffee throughout the day. And in a prior uh Christmas gift or birthday gift, uh, my sons gave me the, what's it called, Ember coffee cup. So now I'm going to finally be able to use the Ember in all of its glory. And the Ember is electronically controlled coffee cup that stays uh, hot. And so it's got a heater in the base of it. 
And it works best if you can keep it close to the coaster, which is its charging base. So you can have perpetually hot coffee. It never cools off. So I am just in podcast heaven, I tell you, my friend. But anyway, this is a hodgepodge. It's hodgepodge number three. And uh, I'm excited about all that God is putting before me to share with you. As frustrating and volatile as our world is at every turn and intersection, it would be easy for me to get off into the deep woods of meaning, meaningless rants and raves about things that are happening. But in the end, I know it would just be more frustration for you to hear me rant and rave about all the present social situations that really bother me. So, friend, I want you to know I work hard to stay to the main thing of this podcast, and that is advancing equilibrium in the midst of an agitated world. I tell you, when at the very beginning of all this, I forced myself to get into the box of what it is I'm about, and it's advancing the peace of Christ. When I say advancing equilibrium, as I tell in first the first episode, the only way to have true equilibrium, to have true soul balance, is through the life-transforming power of Jesus Christ in our lives. And it brings ultimate peace, peace that the world cannot understand. And that's what I'm about in the midst of this agitated world. This episode is a listening map, a roadmap to give you an idea of what you can expect through the middle of January, plus a little more info on the Jonathan Kahn book, The Return of the Gods. You can find links to the book in the show notes, which also includes an overview of the book. I had planned to give an overview myself, and I had already actually written one, spent a lot of time doing it, but after thinking it over a couple of days, I feel that it's best to read the detailed overview of the book online for yourself. The book's straightforward and accurate, but it does take a little bit of thinking to absorb it all. So listening to me give a full overview review is not going to help you much because actually you'll probably want to research some of the things that are talked about in the review so that you have a full understanding about what Khan is about. But Khan's book, The Return of the Gods, assembles the puzzle pieces behind what is taking place in our world to this very day, especially here in America. And I tell you, friend, what I find amazing is what he does is discuss things that are so transparent, it really makes you wonder why someone hasn't to date done this succinct connect the dots discussion uh, long before now. And that's really what his book is, is a succinct connect the dots discussion of what has happened and what is happening and why it's happening. As one person points out on the Amazon reviews, there are several people before Khan who have academically written about all these same points before. But the interesting thing is that Khan has assimilated all the facts and written a very smooth account that almost comes across as prophetic at times. Khan says that the aim of this book is that it will inspire us to see our world differently and to recognize the supernatural evil empowerment behind the historically unimaginable things we are now living out, to expose the darkness, to open long closed doors, to break down walls and barriers, to set captives free, and to bring revival and redemption for such a time as this. Friend, I highly encourage you to check it out. Never be in doubt that the God of the universe's providential will is being carried out in the midst of all this. God's plan will never be thwarted. In spite of these demon efforts to overtake humanity and rule the world, God is carrying out his plan of redemption of people's lost souls. Anyway, getting on with the hodgepodge, every Monday through January 9th will be the mini-series Voices from the Past devotional readings. The remaining topics are Ultimate Good, Eight Prayer Pointers, Contented with Your Share of Grace, and my friend, that is a very exciting devotion. Contented with Your Share of Grace, Gospel Holiness, 
the inequality of providence, and this is another one that's going to blow your mind. It's from the Puritan writers of the 1600s, but they are dead on with the inequality of providence. Today we talk about quality and justice and all of these terms, but yet there is an inequality of providence, and it's divine. Another topic is prayer and providence, God the best Father, and the Trinity of Purification. Next Thursday is Thanksgiving, and I will post a special Thanksgiving episode to reflect on that special day we set aside each year to focus our attitudes of gratitude to God. Thursdays in December will be a special mini-series, The Guardians of the Universe. Not the Guardians of the Galaxy, but we're talking about, friends, the Guardians of the Universe that will look at the supernatural occurrences surrounding the birth of Jesus, the Son of God, in the lives of Zechariah, who was the father of John the Baptist, Mary and Joseph, the shepherds and the wise men. As we see the great supernatural preparation and protection God imposes into the story, our hearts will see in a greater way why Christmas is the most wonderful time of the year. I tell you, I love Andy Williams' rendition of that song. It's the most wonderful time of the year, and dear friend, it is. And I tell you, if you want to know why so much of the world is sad and why so much of the world is at war and so why so much of the world is in decay it's because they don't know that very profound yet simple fact that Christmas is the most wonderful time of the year. As we move into the new year, I want to continue to engage some of the writings from some of the historic people in the faith. The way I decide on what to share is based on how the writings impact me personally. If I read something that I feel is profound, encouraging, and eye-opening, then I feel that there may be other people in the world who would find the writings encouraging and inspirational as well. In addition to all this, something I am deeply interested in is looking at the life of Jesus as presented in the four gospel accounts and examining what did Jesus do. So I will be asking WDJD instead of WWJD, which was a catchphrase a few years ago, what would Jesus do? I'm going to be asking the question, what did Jesus do? This is timely encouragement on how should we then live in light of the revolutionary change our nation and our world is experiencing with the appearance of downgrade from the life we once knew in this country. The actions being taken by our central government clearly point to further restriction in movement, free speech, restriction of free thought, economic freedom, restriction of independence, mobility, and every other aspect of our lives. All of this is against the backdrop of the real possibility that the things that are occurring may very well be connected to the prophecies of the ages which speak to the end of the days and the rise of Antichrist to power. Folks, all of this is headed somewhere. God is driving the bus, not Satan. But do we enter despair and hopelessness because the world we know may be changing forever? How do families with little kids like my sons and their families wake up each day with a sense of hopefulness and excitement in spite of come what may? I have really wrestled with the question, where is the answer? Is it to be found through the writing of people who have gone before us in the faith, or perhaps the days of the martyrs? Friend, to be honest, that's not encouraging as a whole. It may inspire us to persevere, but I can't really say that it provokes happiness and excitement about the coming day. I'm talking about the day, the day that you wake up to in the morning. And friend, we need to be excited and happy about the coming day. I thought about calling some of my mentors to get their feedback on this. Then finally, the Holy Spirit told me, see what Jesus did. The Holy Spirit of God actually absolutely directed me to look at Jesus. 
Jesus was born into a foreign-occupied nation that was so diametrically in opposition to the ways of the Roman occupiers that the very presence of Rome in the midst was repulsive to the Jews. Plus, Rome ruled with a lawful but iron fist. You didn't go against the Roman government and their enforcement team. They would track you down and destroy you just for fun. And friend, read the history. That's a fact. Friend, Jesus came to this earth during the time of the Pax Romana, the Roman peace, but it was anything but peaceful if you happen to be an occupied nation. So I'm excited to see how Jesus spent his time on a daily basis as a means to encourage us on how we should then live. To wrap up this episode, I want to share with you the Spurgeon Morning and Evening Devotions for November 11th as a part of the Empowering Encouragement Now series. The devotions are in the public domain, so they're free to edit and use. These two brief devotions really spoke to my soul in a major way. I hope they encourage you today. Of course, I edit them down to where it makes a lot more sense for us in our common vernacular. Deuteronomy 32.9 says, The Lord's portion is His people. How are we God's people? First, by His own sovereign choice. He chooses us and sets His love upon us. He does this apart from any goodness in us at the time or any goodness which He foresees in us. The Bible says He has mercy upon whom He will have mercy, and He ordained a chosen company to eternal life. Therefore, we become his people by his unrestricted election. We not only become his by choice, but by purchase. We are bought and paid for not with corruptible things as with silver and gold, but with the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord's portion has been fully redeemed. There is no mortgage on his estate. Friend, there is no mortgage on his estate. No suits, no lawsuits can be raised by opposing claimants. The price was paid in open court. The church is the Lord's ownership forever. See the blood marked upon all the chosen. Invisible to the eye, yes, but known to Christ. For the Lord knows them that are His. He forgets none of those people whom He has redeemed. He counts the sheep for whom He laid down His life and remembers well the church for which He gave Himself. We not only become His people by choice and purchase, but also by His conquest. What a battle He has in us before we surrender. How long does he lay siege to our hearts? How often has he sent us terms of capitulation, but we bar our gates and fence our walls against him? Friend, I ask you a question. Can you remember that glorious hour when he carried your heart by storm? When he placed his cross against the wall and scaled your heart's fortress walls, planting on the stronghold of your resistance the blood-red flag of his omnipotent mercy? If you remember a time in your life when this happened, then together... We are indeed the conquered captives of His omnipotent love. Omnipotence means all-powerful. If we personally have been chosen, purchased, and subdued, the rights of our divine possessor are inalienable. We rejoice that we never can be our own. Friend, let me say that again. We rejoice that we never can be our own. And we desire day by day to do His will and to show forth His glory. Friends, these brief thoughts remind us it is a fantastic thing if our hearts have been subdued and overthrown by the overwhelming love of God. It means true freedom from the penalty and heaviness of sin. You want to know why so many people are in despair? Why so many people are full of hate? Why there is so much violence in this world? It's because people are under and they feel the penalty and heaviness of their sin. Friend, when we have been overthrown by the overwhelming love of God, it means release into a life of love, not hate. 
joy, not despair, peace, not agitation, patience, not impatience, kindness, not meanness, goodness, not wickedness, faithfulness, not unfaithfulness, gentleness, not brutality, and self-control, not unruliness. God's choice, purchase, and conquest of our lives for salvation are all acts of His grace and mercy to us as His people. Something that is hard for us as redeemed humans to understand is that the way that we enter into the faith in Jesus Christ is the same way in which we remain in the faith of Jesus. Psalm 68, 28 says, Your God has decreed your strength. Show your strength, God, you who have acted on our behalf. It is our wisdom as well as our necessity to ask God continually to strengthen that which he has embedded and brought to pass in us. If we neglect to do this, to ask him to continually strengthen us, we may blame ourselves for those trials and afflictions of spirit which arise from unbelief. It is true that Satan seeks to flood the fair garden of the heart and make it a scene of desolation. But it is also true that many Christians leave open the sluice gates themselves and let in the dreadful deluge through carelessness and lack of prayer to our strong helper. We often forget that the author of our faith must be the preserver of it also. The lamp which was burning in the temple was never allowed to go out, but it had to be daily replenished with fresh oil. In a like manner, our faith can only live by being sustained with the oil of grace, and we can only obtain this from God himself. We shall prove to be like the foolish virgins in Matthew 25 if we do not secure the needed sustenance for our lamps. My friend, he who built the world upholds it, or it would fall in one tremendous crash. He who made us Christians must maintain us by his spirit, or our ruin will be speedy and final. Let us then, moment by moment, go to our Lord for the grace and strength we need. We have a strong argument to plead. For it is his own work of grace which we ask him to strengthen that which he has acted on our behalf. In those moments we think he will fail to protect and sustain that work he has begun in us, let us by faith take hold of his strength, and all the powers of darkness led on by the master fiend of hell cannot cast a cloud or shadow over our joy and peace. Why faint when we may be strong? Why suffer defeat when we may conquer? Friend, we need to take our wavering faith and drooping graces to Him who can revive and replenish them, and earnestly pray, Strengthen, O God, that which you have enacted on our behalf. Philippians 1 6 says this I am sure of this, that He who started a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. My friend, this is the season of the most precious holidays of our calendar year. Allow these encouraging words to overshadow any feelings of anxiety, despair, fear, anger, or regrets, and may you find peace by fully leaning into Jesus for His promised grace and strength. And with that, my friend, I bid you peace. of I Heard the Bells, words by Henry W. Longfellow, music by John B. Calkin, sung by Megan Kunkel.